Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X.ca on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer with you. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow Sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Reminder that every Wednesday night, state night at Roos Chris, where two can dine for $120. We bring aboard Louis DeBrosque from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Louis, how are you? Doing good today, Bob. How are you doing? Good. When are you heading down to Calgary? I'll be heading down there tomorrow night. There we have it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, there will be no Oilers Now tomorrow uh, because it's Good Friday, so it's uh, a Best of Oilers Now show, which many people would say a Best of Stoff or Best of Oilers Now does not exist. Uh, Louis, uh, let's talk about the game against Columbus the other night. Let's start from yeah. there. Edmonton coming off uh, sort of a bizarre sequence against Columbus. Uh, you know, they routed them in Columbus when they were playing really well back in December, 7-2, built up a 3 nothing lead, and then the Blue Jackets just turned it on. And the orders got scorched. Your thoughts? That's a pretty good analysis. I, I kind of saw it the same way, and it looked like it was going to be another beatdown by Edmonton. I mean, they were they came out in that first period, and I thought, holy jumping, this could be a even worse beating than the last time they played them. And sometimes, for whatever reason, that happens with certain matchups with certain teams. But I think what we saw was the Columbus Blue Jacket team that had won 10 in a row before losing their last game coming in there. This was a team that wasn't going to go away, and you have to give them a lot of credit. It was an amazing switch, though, and I think one that the Oilers kind of let their guard down a little bit. They've been playing pretty decent as of late and know some really good hockey against some good teams. And they let their guard down thinking it was 3 nothing, and they allowed a very good team playing right now into the playoffs gain some momentum, and they never look back. And, you know, you look at it, I think Columbus won 95% of the puck battles. I think that positionally they dominated. Uh, they outworked Edmonton, and they just created their opportunities out of effort. Defensively, the Oilers just literally abandoned all position. It was it was just one of those games, and I truly do think, though, that it's one of those games you have to scrap. You have to kind of just erase it from the page and go to the next one. Now, if that happens again, now there's a big concern. You have to make a big deal about it. But they ran into a hot team that just absolutely had their way with them. And um, no different than what they did December 12th against Columbus when they beat them 7-2. to It was, you know, it was a beatdown for them. So 
you know, that's the way I look at it. Certainly there was some, some glaring mistakes made. The coverage in the defensive zone was awful. Uh, we made some, some comments on the panel about it, the fact that although they might have been in the right position, they had no idea where the puck was, and so you don't really have your man if you don't know what's going to happen next. You can't anticipate. They're, you're always chasing when you're in that ap- atmosphere. So, like, if you are if you have your man in front of the net and you're so focused on the man and you don't know what's going on behind you, you're not taking a look around and finding the puck, how can you ever anticipate before the guy that actually knows where the puck is? It's never going to happen. So, All right. Was one of the things I noticed. Louis uh, Connor McDavid's line was on the ice for four goals against. By my count, they blew two switch offs on those four goals. Yeah, yep. uh, Nugent Hopkins and McDavid. The, the second goal where the Columbus player was wide open and side of the net on the rebound. That, Nugent Hopkins didn't trail back. That's his guy. Um, and I like Ryan a lot. You know that. So, and then Drysaddle was minus two in that game as well. So he was on the ice for two even straight goals. I mean, those are the Oilers' best guys. Because I guess we could sit here and go, well, you're playing Russell and Bear, a defenseman that gives up the zone with a guy that can't stop the cycle yet. It's not, you know, he's who's really smart to make plays, Bear, but he's still learning how to play D. And then Sekra is a shadow of his former self playing with Benning. So we could look just at the D, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's D zone coverage. You have to have low support forwards as well. Low support forwards. The other thing for me, too, you look at a couple of goals, especially the Zanuck one. I mean, there were wrist shots from the blue line. They weren't bombs. So, I mean, those were defensemen that had possession of a puck that just found a way to get it through. Look how hard it is for Edmonton to get a puck through on opposition. Wrist shots don't get to the net half the time. Half the time, I'd say 80% of the time. Yeah. So, do a better job of getting in front of pucks. I don't even consider those block shots, to be honest with you, when it's not a real hard shot. It's just getting in front of a puck, and it's, it's, a, it's a giveaway for them, and it's a turnover for you, right? So, it's a takeaway, yeah. in my opinion. But... They didn't do that enough, so those little floaters that came in became very dangerous when they got down the area because Columbus is very good around the net. That's where they're good. They're very good at winning those battles, getting their sticks in the right positions, and making sure they have the right body positioning, and it showed in a lot of those goals. But, you know, when I look at the defense, I think Ethan Bear, you know, for me, um, does a lot of great things. I really like the kid's game, and I think he has a tremendous upside. But there's no question he's going to have to get faster at this level. He's going to have yep. to get quicker in his decisions, and he's going to have to get more assertive more assertive in his defensive coverage. Better stick. For a guy that's an offensive player, he's got to really work on that defensive stick where it's just a little bit more, it's just a little heavier. You know, a little bit more, it has a, has a little more jam on it when he jams a puck in to try and dislodge a puck loose. And he'll get that because you, you learn that as you play. He's got to play to experience that. Those are the types of games for a guy like Ethan Barry, in my opinion, that he comes back and goes, wow. You know what? I had a pretty good game last game. This one, I kind of got owned a little bit. So I'm going to have to do some things differently. You learn from those. There's no, there's no other way to go but to say, okay, there's a few things I might need to work on here. I took that one, you know, that guy lightly in the corner, and he, and he made me look pretty bad. So I better not do that. And I think every player goes through that. I remember playing, you know, I was 230 pounds, and I went into the corner. I, I'm trying to think of who it was. It might have been Phil Housley. You know, Phil Housley was a pretty skilled defenseman, but I'm looking at this guy saying, you know what, I'm going to pancake this guy into the wall. Like, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna plaster this guy. And he made me look so bad with a spinorama. I turned around, and he was like 15 feet away from me by the time I started to back check. And it was a real good message for me that, you know, 
just because you're bigger, stronger, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be better than that guy on the ice in that situation. He can outmuscle you, outthink you, outquick you. Uh, these players are elusive for a reason. The best in the world, and you know they can make you look pretty bad. So that, that's the one thing he'll learn from that game, I think, and that's a positive. But yeah. uh, no question, I think uh, they have to all get better. I can't blame it just on the D's. I can't blame it just on the forwards. It's as a unit, they have to get better defensively. And and listen. The top two lines have to get better defensively, too. You can score a lot of goals, which they do, and they've been playing outstanding, but that is the one area of their game they're going to have to tighten down on a bit, and they're going to have to change a bit to be a more effective player in the games. Well, Louie, they're, they're basically, you know, giving up. It's, it's going to, they're, they're giving up three quarters of a goal more per game this year than they did last year. I mean, that's what's undermined in the season. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, we can talk about goaltending, we can talk about save percentage, we can talk about penalty killing. But they're, you know, they've given up way too many goals. We know that. Uh, I will say this: I, I, even though Clefbaum did not have a great year, he was playing better before he went out with the shoulder surgery. They miss him. Everybody else has to play more minutes. Um, you know, I look at Clefbaum, I look at Nurse, I look at Larson. In my opinion, there's three quarters of a top four there. I'm not saying any of them are top two right now, but there's three quarters yeah. of a top four. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about Sekra moving forward. Yeah. That is that is a concern for yeah. me. He struggled. You know what? And he's he's not. I, I know that he's he's personally had some trouble just getting back into the field, but. You know, you think he could simplify his game a bit and maybe not try and do too much, but it just hasn't worked for him. He's really yeah. had a tough time with yeah. it. So, and it, and it showed. You know, and unfortunately, that's just that's part of it. It showed, and it's not just him. Like I said, there, you could pick apart every single guy to a certain degree sure. in games like that. There was a few guys that had decent games, but you know, and overall, that's a team loss, and that's a hard team loss. Well, let's get to a couple more points here. Uh, McDavid, 25 goals, last 28 games. He's now leading the NHL in even strength goals with 34. Uh, he's leading the scoring race with 102 points. He has a chance to be the first player since Henrik Sedin six years ago to have better than a point per game at even strength. He's got 80, he's, so he's ahead, actually, of a point per game pace at even strength. Um I guess the, the frustration for the fans is when you see Edmonton's power play 31st and Connor's a big part of that power play. Yeah. But it's almost, you know, this year's team's left money on the table because McDavid has had a brilliant even strength season. You know what? It's incredible to me that even after a season last year, he came in this year and he's a better player now than he was last year. And that's the most impressive thing about Connor for me is the fact that he's improved every year that he's played already. So. You saw a level last year that we thought, wow, this is incredible. We haven't seen this before. This speed and control and agility and maneuverability at that speed that he can, he's the only one in the league that can make plays doing that. Uh, but he, he ratcheted it up another notch this year, which is incredible. I just think it's amazing. And it's a real testament to him on how badly he wants it. You know what? He had a real tough start to the year. He got sick. You know, call it six weeks, call it eight weeks if you want to say getting back and trying to find your full health. That's like two months where you're just not 100%. And this guy's playing 20 minutes a night. And this guy's playing the best in the world. And all they're trying to do is shut him down. You know what? He showed that when he's healthy and full and ready to go, he's absolutely dominating once again. He's caught the scoring race, and I don't think he's going to look back, to be honest with you. He's just too good right now. He's going to continue to get points. For me, though, the one thing I like is that he's shooting the puck. And, and and I think the difference in the shot is now he believes he can score. You can almost see a shooter's kind of yep. a shooter's stare. I call it that the shooter's eyes, right? They, I'm telling you what they when they when they look at the net, they don't say, ah, you know what, I might be able to slip it in there. They bury it. They bury it. And Connor's goals lately, when he comes down, decides to shoot it, he's burying the puck. 
and it's it's nice to see. And he took that one on the power play against Minnesota, Devin Dubnik, where he walked in, he tried a couple passes, and then he finally just said, you know what? He walked in off the half wall, and he absolutely ripped it by Devin Dubnik. That was the one where he actually loaded up a little bit. And if he can continue to take that shot a little more often, he's already starting to become more of a double threat that way. You have to respect him as a shooter. It only opens up more doors for him to pass it through. It's incredible. More lanes. Um, yeah, you know what? You can't really say too much wrong. I know that he was minus three or four in that game, um, last game. But when you look at it, you know, before that game going in, I think there was only one other player in the top 20 in scoring that was a better plus-minus than Connor McDavid. As you mentioned, he's had a tremendous five-on-five. Um, I, I, can't really, I can't really pick too much a part of his game, to be honest with you. Are you going to cheat the odd time for offense? Yes. And that's going to be something that he's going to have to learn to do at the right yep. times and maybe not do at certain times. You know what? I, I can't really complain too much about the kid. To be honest with you, I think he's done. He's been a tremendous player this year, and, and again, he's uh, he's getting it done almost every night. Uh, he was, by the way, he, he's minus two, and he's tied. Okay. For, yeah. He's tied for the second best plus minus of the top twenty scores in the league. Uh, only Brad Marchand, who's had an incredible year. Yeah. Marchand, by the way, uh, Marchand and uh, Nate McKinnon are marginally ahead points per game, but they've missed games due to injury and. McDavid didn't shut himself down during an illness. Louis, the final thing I'm going to talk about is the great, the great myth that I believe that is out there in the hockey world, and I've always thought it's total BS. So I'm going to put some perspective on this. Craig McTavish was a good player, okay? But I never once heard Craig say, we won cups in Edmonton when I got there in 87 and 88, uh, particularly those two years because we had way better culture and character than everybody else. Because Craig McTavish knew they had Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier as their top two centers in those years. And I bristle at the suggestion when there's an underperforming team out there or a team that has a bad year, oh, it's got to be culture. It's got to be character. That is because usually it's, with all due respect to the impact, because there are people that think they know culture and character better than other people. Uh, usually the reason why some teams are better than others is because they simply have better players. As it's turned out, this collection of Oilers players, like in Calgary, weren't as good as people thought at the start of the year. And I was one of those guys that thought Edmonton and Calgary were going to be better. And the margin, Louis, today is closer than ever before. So it can skewer things more as a result because the separation of talent is actually closer. So if, if a couple guys have subpar years, it can kill you. I'd like to get your comments on that, because you played on an Oilers team. You were a role player. Yep. I would argue that you know, McClellan was a center, but uh, you know, was Marty McSorley a better fourth-line player than you were? I would argue that's probably not the case. But Marty won a couple cups, so does he get seen differently because he was a... You know, you you would say he was. Anyways, you're a modest he man. A thousand games. You know what I'm saying? Like he's he was a pretty darn good player. He was a good. Uh, there was there was there was a point in time also when he was playing defense that he was he was up for top two, I think, in ice time in the National Hockey. Sure, but he when he so, played at Edmonton, he was a fourth line um, enforcer. That's my point. But I will say this. I mean, here's the thing. What, what I take from what you're saying, though, I think you can have character and culture on a team that's really bad too. There you go. What you're, what there, you're trying to say. There you go. Yeah. I'll tell you this. I mean, we had a pretty. We had a pretty bad team. Um, my first few years, and I was not my first year, but there was a four-year 
you know, in the middle of the sandwich where it was pretty lean and there was a lot of bodies that were coming through. But there were still the likes of some great players that won cups, and they were miserable. They were miserable. That doesn't mean that they don't have character and culture. I mean, they were they they, they just were miserable because the teams just weren't good enough to compete. Uh, they didn't have we didn't have the horses, uh, and that's just the reality of it. We were young youngest team in the National Hockey League, I think, for a couple of those years, and they were like I said, it was a turnover amazingly rate. Like there was just so many bodies that were coming in and out of that lineup all the time. Um, but you know what happens? I'll tell you. I will say this though: I truly do believe that on bad teams, you can really develop some bad habits. Okay. And those bad habits, those bad habits can creep into the culture and creep in um, to the, the character of a team. They really can. And it can wear on guys uh, because it's a negative environment. And it's really important to try and not keep that negative environment, even though it's hard because it's, it's a win business. Simple as that. This business is not about losing. It's not about tying. It's not about try. It's about winning. It simply is. When it comes down to it, are you winning games? Are you a team that can compete for the playoffs? Are you a team that can compete for the Stanley Cup? Every single team at the start of every year that comes into their training camps is thinking, you know what? We're going to try and compete to get into the playoffs, and then we're going to try and compete to win the Stanley Cup. Simple as that. That is the absolute plan. Now, realistically, there's some teams that are just not there yet, and they know it, but you still have to have that mentality going forward. And I do believe that what we're seeing here from Connor McDavid should be a real bright spot to say, you know what, this guy hasn't packed it in. Are you kidding me? This guy wants it more than ever now because he's got a chip on his shoulder, and I like seeing that. I like seeing a guy, but I'll say this. I don't know if I told you this the other day. We did the game where he was a star in the game. They lost the game. And I walked by him from walking off the bench, and I looked over at him standing there to go on the ice. And I've never seen a guy more miserable that he had to go out there for a star in the game. Because he just, you know what, it's not about... It's not about you know, getting a couple points in the game or a goal and a couple assists. He wants to win. He wants to win every yeah. game. And that's the thing that you like to see in a young player. And you know what? Um, knowing that moving forward, I think that's a real bright spot. Well, Louis, I'll leave you with this. Edmonton needs to improve some personnel. They need a better backup goaltender to push tell, but they need a right shot power play quarterback somehow, some way, change the dynamic on defense, a healthy cleft bomb, Larson, uh, those sort of players. They need more speed on the wings. They definitely need to be better in the power play and the PK. And the margins are tight in this league, and so you can make an improvement. And you need positive energy early in the year as well. And that's well, another right? That's another factor. Hey, go get yourself checked in, buddy. All right. Take care. All right. Louie was taking care of a little bit of business today for travel purposes, so we had to cut him loose. It's 1251 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Edmonton and Vancouver tonight at uh, Rogers Arena in Vancouver. When we come back, we'll look at the rest of the National Hockey League. NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. I will tell you that if you're looking for a great hockey road trip, we've got one when the Oilers go to Germany and Sweden this fall with New West Travel. Uh, your New West Travel package will include flights, hotels, game tickets, welcome receptions. Book now for the Orders Now Hockey Road Trip to Sweden and Germany. Space is limited. So call New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or go online at newwesttravel.com. NHL Today and Stoffer Trivia when we return on Orders Now.
When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand-signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca. That's ProAmSports.ca. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, so uh, this is going to be a tough trivia question. It's 12.55 in Edmonton. It's brought to you by Mr. Lube, Canada's leader in car maintenance. Supper grabs a $50 gift certificate from Mr. Lube. We mentioned Vancouver Canucks defenseman uh, Ashton Sautner, former member of the Edmonton Oil Kings, won the 2014 Memorial Cup, uh, emerged as a 40-point uh, D-man that year at 51 the next season and signed as an undrafted free agent with Vancouver's organization. He's in his third season down in Utica in the AHL. Our trivia question, name the U Sports School that Ashton's father, Blaine, was the coach of. Name the U Sports School that Ashton's father, Blaine, was the school of. And let's head off to NHL today. And our phone number, by the way, 7804960063. We are going to go to NHL today. And it is brought to you by our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. Nine other games tonight. In the NHL, Tampa Bay at Boston. It should be a terrific hockey game. Tampa Bay, one point up in the Bruins for first in the Atlantic. Chara, McAvoy, Nash. That would be Rick Nash. Jake DeBrusque and Sean Corelli all out for Boston. David Backus will play. What do you say about the Detroit Red Wings in Buffalo? Not much. Pittsburgh Penguins in New Jersey. Devils three points up in the Panthers, who have one game in hand for the final wild card spot. Patrick Maroon back in for the Devils. Florida Panthers at the Ottawa Senators. Panthers took a big playoff hit last night in their loss in Toronto. San Jose Sharks at Nashville. Sharks can get to 100 points this season with a win tonight. Eva, uh, Eli Tolvanen won't play yet for the Preds, but is going to play before the end of the regular season. Just came over from the KHL. Tyler Innes will sit his third straight game for the Minnesota Wild. The Stars beat Philadelphia 3-2 Tuesday to keep their... Uh, you got the Stars with slim playoff hopes alive on... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Stars. That's right. They're slim playoff hopes alive. They're five points back. Winnipeg Jets in Chicago. Jets have won six in a row. Jacob Truba remains out. Could be back by Saturday. Calgary Flames host the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Flames have recalled Spencer Fu. Remember him? All that off-season discussion. Uh, Flames got him. Uh, he's got 20 goals down on the farm this year. Uh, he will not play tonight against Columbus, but he could play against Edmonton. Wouldn't that be ironic? Of course, he's from Edmonton on Saturday. Columbus Blue Jackets signed defenseman Marcus Nudivera to a four-year contract expansion, $2.7 million AAV. I wonder if that means that Ryan Murray ends up being available this summer. Arizona Coyotes at the LA Kings. Kings currently hold down third spot in the Pacific Division. Uh, Hobie Baker finalist Adam Gaudette from Vancouver who will make his debut tonight. Henrik Borgs from Florida and Ryan Donato, uh, now Boston. Uh, Donato played at Harvard. Borgstrom just wrapped up with Denver. Bakersfield won 3-2 over San Diego last night. Joe Gambardella scored twice. Kyle Platzer had a goal with two assists. 
WHL playoffs last night. Uh, Portland beat Spokane 3-1. Yamamoto held off the scoreboard. Both teams meet again tonight in Game 4. Portland up 2-1 in that series. Stuart Skinner was brilliant for through the first three games, but gave up uh, five goals and 20 shots last night as Regina beat Swift 6-3 to even their series 2-2. Cam Hebing scored one of the goals in Vancouver. Hosting Victoria tonight, uh, Tyler Benson's Giants up two games to one. Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, coming up at 107. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.